And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey man, he was in my face. I was in your face. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. I don't have friends. I got family. Yes, Vroom Vroom, welcome to Fast Friends. Presented by the NBA, that's game, and we're still game tackling our summer podcast series of watching and breaking down every action film from the Fast and Furious franchise. On deck today, the very polarizing, the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. I'm still J.E. Skeets. Here with our our Drift King, Trey Kirby. (laughs) Ayo! Ayo! And, of course, the... Third man of our trio here, the calm, cool, and collected super producer. Let's call him Han today. It's JD. <laughs> right. I'll take it. Hello. Yeah. Oh, Han is so cool. What a compliment. Oh Seriously. God. If you're a friend of Fast Friends, thank you so much. Keep tweeting in your thoughts at No Dunks Inc. Email in any of your questions. Send them into no dunks at theathletic.com. Just put Fast Friends in the subject title. And if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and or subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. That stuff really helps us out. All right, we're jumping right into this one. There was no short to watch Uh -uh. with Tokyo Drift. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that is the movie. It's the third one in the franchise, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. That's your, your full title. Released in the U.S. on June 16th, 2006. Budget, 85 million. Box office, only 159 million worldwide. The lowest grossing film in the franchise. Wow. Oh boy. The skinny, we're going to get into the entire movie here, but the skinny, a teenager. I'm going to put in air quotes, a teenager <laughs> becomes a major competitor in the world of drift racing after moving in with his father in Tokyo to avoid a jail sentence in America. <laughs> wow, what a pitch that is. Uh, this one stars Lucas Black, uh, the teenager. Uh, he's actually the dude from Friday Night Lights. That's where I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Is that he? guy. Yeah. The movie or the show? The movie. Oh. Yeah. Uh, we also got Bow Wow in this because you got to have a, a, a rapper in yeah. every Fast and Furious movie. What, what have we got? We went, to, we went from Ja Rule to then Ludacris, mm-hmm. and now we got uh, Bow Wow That's uh, right. in this one. And then we got uh, Natalie Kelly is the love interest in this movie, directed by Justin Lin, who I think goes on to direct a couple in a row here. He sort of takes over, yeah, the franchise. So 
again, we'll get into uh, this movie scene by scene, do the fast part, things we like, do the furious part, things we hate. But Trey, we always ask you, because you are the expert, what do you remember? Take us back to 2006, uh, the first time you watched Tokyo Drift. Uh, do you remember the, uh, the, the theater and the incident and all that? I'm not even convinced I saw it in the calendar year 2006, Skeets, when I'm wow. really thinking back to it. I know it's the first fast movie that I didn't see in theaters the first time I saw it. No Vin Diesel, no Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. We talked about Too Fast, Too Furious. Didn't live up to the legacy of the first one, no. so it was a tough sell to me to want to actually be able to go to a theater and see this one. It just felt like... Well, the series is coming to an end. No way they'll ever make any more of these. I mean, we're going to Tokyo now? They've got a completely new cast. Yeah. Uh, Eventually, I did end up seeing it. My guess is that I saw number three prior to number four coming out. I probably would have watched it on HBO with my buddy Adam. Um, But yeah, it just wasn't a drive. A drive. To see it in the theaters just because so many things had changed and the second one didn't go very well. It just felt inessential. The end of the franchise kind of like, why do I need to see this? Of course, now I've seen it like 10 times. (laughs) You know? It's like, I'm not seeing this ever. Until, you know, I'm a grown man and I got to see it all the time. Okay. Those are very fair arguments to not want to go see it. I mean, uh, I think that the the failure of the second one really, really hurt uh, the success of the third one. Uh, You know, all due respect to John Singleton, he really kind of whiffed it. I mean, we talked about it for uh, two, almost two hours last time. But uh, yeah, but fair enough not seeing it. Domestically, I think it was even like 62 million or something like that. So uh, not. It wasn't even the biggest car movie of the weekend when it came out. (laughs) I saw that Cars was the leader at the box office. (laughs) Ouch. Couldn't take down Lightning McQueen. Ouch. That's right. And then it came in third, actually, to Nacho Libre, was the second uh, (laughs) most popular that weekend. So. I, well, I like Nacho Libre, same. but... Uh, yeah, oh yeah, that's a fine movie. Cars is a fine movie, to be honest, yeah. too. Um, wow, that's actually pretty funny, because I do know I saw Nacho Libre in the theater, and if they came out the same weekend... <laughs> oh, there you go. Ooh, tough one. <laughs> so, yeah, this film, it really does uh, establish itself as, like, a distinct entry in this franchise. I mean, where, like you said, Trey, like, we got a whole new cast. Uh, we're in Tokyo. Now, let's just sort of get to this right away. A lot of people, if you sit down to watch The Fast and the Furious, uh, a lot of people say you don't need to watch this one third, right, TK? Like, a lot of people put it later if you were going to, again, watch them sort of like in order or as canon, I guess, would go. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, There's a scene pretty early in the fourth movie that kind of sets the scene for when this all, everything is going to be taking timeline-wise. So, yeah, we're watching in release order. If you wanted to watch it in timeline order, I don't remember if it comes between five and six or six and seven, but it definitely comes later in the series. I've never actually watched it that way. Uh, I've always watched in release order. I guess I'm a traditionalist. (laughs) American (laughs) muscle on this side. Uh, (laughs) uh, But yeah, I don't know. For me, watching it the way they came out has just always been the way. Uh, Maybe after we finish this rewatch... I can't believe I'm going to say it. I'm going to dip back in and watch it <laughs> oh canonical order, Skeets. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, the emph- emphasis on this movie is definitely on car culture and street racing, uh, probably more than the uh, the first two, and I think then where the series is going to go, the franchise is going to go. But, again, we'll go scene by scene. J.D., though, first impression, or 
are you a fan of this one, it being so different? Or are you like, I hate this one because again, all my research shows it's either at the end of everybody's lists when mm-hmm. it comes to like uh, their favorite or least favorite, I guess, fan, uh, movie from the franchise. Or some people are like, no, this one's the this one's the best one. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's all about these cool racers and cars and like. And some people love it. Where you know, again, like just the initial thought. What do you think? But initially, um, you know, it's it's hard to put it my get into my mind space. I watched this last night, and okay. uh, uh, it was a. Um, you know, I one time I went to see uh, a stand-up comedy contest, right? Like mm-hmm. amateur stand-up comedies. It was all, it was like an open night, only worse because all these comics were were up there for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Brutal, absolutely brutal, sitting through that night, and then halfway through the night when the judges were sort of deliberating, that they brought a real comic on. And when I say real comic. Just a guy who's been around a little longer sure. and kind of knows what he's doing. And it was th- the best comedian I had ever seen in my life. You know, <laughs> it was just like this guy, just to be in the hands of somebody who knows what they're doing. It was such a delight for me. And that's exactly how I felt watching this movie. Like I sat down with my note, my my notepad and I was like ready to take some notes. I wrote nothing down because I was loving every second of this movie. <laughs> there we go. I, like, I don't know what I don't know what it was. I was just like in right away, right when uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Earl? No, not Earl. Sean? Another Sean. Yeah. He's getting patted down, walking into what turned out to be his high school. I didn't know where he was going, but I was like, he has this sort of confident smirky smarm about him and i was in i was just like what like maybe it was the credits flying in maybe it was just the the way the vibe of it but it was maybe it was because it was a a, it started off and continued on being a teenage angst movie basically yeah but i I was just i loved it i loved this movie wow all right so you you would have it again we've only watched three so far but you're having it high by the sounds of it oh it's by far out of the three if 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 it was a trilogy this would be the by far the number one number one wow absolutely Uh, okay well trey i mean let's just go to you here next you agree with that you were super high on the original i mean you gave it a 10 out of 10 if i remember correctly uh (laughs) You're loving this one just as much, or do you actually are one of these people that are like, eh, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's distinct, but it's not for me. I really like the movie. It's not going to touch the original for me. It's not going to be a 10 of 10, no spoilers. But uh, it's like a perfect palate cleanser, especially if you're watching them in order. You watch the second one, you're like, oh boy, I got another yeah. eight of these movies to go. But then you watch this, it's fairly different. I mean, it's still a car racing movie, but the way they're driving is different. The aesthetic of it is different. There's a lot of nighttime scenes in this, which I think are awesome. I think it just generally looks cool. Yep. And the story of it is a smaller story, more in line with the first movie. So I really like it. Um, and I just kind of, it sits a little bit separate, no doubt, from the rest of these movies. But I think it's great. Like, I definitely have it way ahead of Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, but it's very weird. It's very weird to just be like... Here's a completely different standalone story in the middle of this franchise. It seemed like it was going to kill the franchise, but it really holds up as a movie. Like if they had just called it Tokyo Drift and it was just a movie about Tokyo Mm -hmm. drifting, maybe it uh, has a little bit more of a shelf life than just being part of the franchise. But I thought it was fun to watch. I think the the driving scenes are incredible. And 
you know, the characters in it, aside from the lead for me, I really like almost all of the other characters uh, better than Lucas Black, but I just thought it was great. I think it's a, a fun movie to watch and very enjoyable. Okay, well, let's get to that first scene, the one you uh, loved so much, GD, that really hooked you. We're, uh, <laughs> we're at high school. So yeah. after high school, Sean gets into a confrontation with a jock named Clay. Over, you guessed it, a girl named Cindy. Uh, blonde Cindy there, sexy Cindy. Cindy. So they, so they get into it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, we 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 set the tone here. Um, we got a weird song playing in this opening uh, uh, intro here. I think it's a, uh, I think it's DJ Shadow, right? Uh, oh, is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I think it's called Six Days, like the remix that he did. I I, I I'm 99 sure of that, but it's just uh it's aesthetically a lot different. You're right, JD. Than than what we've seen from the other two. And yeah, we're into this high school scene. We're meeting our new character. It's somehow a 17-year-old. This guy's got the hairline of a 35-year-old at least. Man's walking into his senior year of high school with a five o'clock shadow Jesus. at eight in the morning. They like they had to give him a friend wearing a mascot costume. So you're like, oh, okay, these are high school students. I see what's going on here. You know, just looking at the release date, and the birthday of Lucas Black. At minimum, he was 23 years old okay. when this was filming. So, you know, a plus six on the years uh, for a senior in high school. He looks it. He looks like he's in his 20s, no <laughs> yeah, doubt. Yeah, he's failed a couple times, for yeah. sure. Uh, he's had to move a lot, Skeets, you know. He's, yeah. Gets in trouble racing. He's got to start sophomore year over. How many times did he have to take his sophomore year? But they, but they tell us he's 17. That's the problem. It's like I, I would have been, that would have been more believable. They're like, yeah, you know, he's this this old guy that's still in high school. He's he's it's racing a, high school kids. Yeah, he's like 22. He's still here. Anyway, they get into a you know obviously into a fight over Cindy. And as I don't know, everybody in this franchise decides to do, like, hey, let's decide it with a race. <laughs> let's just race. And uh, we're off and racing at an unfinished subdivision. So Sean's steering a 71 Chevrolet Monte Carlo, Monte Carlo, excuse me, mm -hmm. and Clay's got his daddy's 03 Dodge Viper. Uh, so, so, JD, we know your opinion on this. You, you love the, the setup at the high school, the uh -huh. intro, and then I yep. guess this first sort of duel that we have between first, Clay and Sean. This, and this was, uh, up to that point, my favorite car scene in all of the, all of the movies, okay. all of them put together, because it's just incredibly well shot it's just it felt dangerous mm -hmm. like there were no sort of zooming neon lights or like going into warp speed or whatever it was just this uh incredible uh race that's happening on essentially a dirt road in a construction site yep uh and then the, it, it ends up in a, a horrific crash that felt like Okay, so people are gonna die here. Like this <laughs> yeah. is this is like this is actually. It felt like a a real consequence of a very stupid thing that they did. And of course, there wasn't that big of a consequence. But still, when yeah. you're watching, you're it's very holy shit. That guy's gonna die. As <laughs> yeah. the Tabasco, I think it would have been amazing if both Clay, Cindy, and Sean all died in this scene. <laughs> Boom! Movie's over. Don't race, kids. Don't drive through a construction <laughs> yeah. scene. I know you got the kid from Home Improvement with you, but he's not going to be able to fix anything when you're there. JD, you mentioned it. Skeets, you're often asking, what's your favorite moment of product placement in one of these movies? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be the floating Tabasco sauce uh, yeah. bottle. Oh. 
I don't even understand necessarily how Sean flips his car in that moment. He's already clear of Clay, who he's racing, who has completely botched the race. He didn't want to get into a race with an 80 grand car, but as soon as he's in it, he's smashing it into somebody else's car. He's out of the race. It looks like Sean's coming home clean, just flips it six or seven times, gets up, walks out, and got to go to the cops, I suppose. I will never understand in any racing movie, let alone these ones in the franchise, the idea of racing another car, but hey, let's just crash my own car into the other car to somehow help my chances of winning. What's the, what's the play there? I guess you're going to like hit it so hard that it's going to like veer off. It doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. Just keep racing. You're doing fine. Don't touch the other car. That's yeah. just going to slow you down as well and ruin your car. But it's of an course, act of desperation, I guess, right? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. That's what Clay's doing here. Yeah, we had Sean driving through a goddamn house, like an yeah. unfinished house, but <laughs> yeah. how that thing doesn't collapse, like he took out some uh, support walls for sure. And, Definitely. Uh, you know, we can't even like, you can't even fix a room up without somebody saying, nah, you can't take that wall down. No, that's going to take the whole house down. But this guy can take out every goddamn wall on the first floor in that house. Somehow it's fine. So I don't believe any of these contractors that tell me I can't touch a particular wall now. It's like, yeah, have you seen uh, Sean and his Monte Carlo? He took out his entire floor and the house still stood. Uh, yeah, but you're right. Clay gets desperate and then they both crash. Yeah, Clay hits uh, like a cement pipe. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Jesus. And uh, yeah, and then Sean just flips and rolls and... The Tabasco sauce slow-mo is there. That's a weird one. Uh, Very weird. Really strange. Really strange. Just driving with an open bottle of hot sauce in his car is what you have to be led to believe. Like, this guy is in major sauce mode. (laughs) He's just driving. Oh, no, grab my sauce. I'm stopping at the drive-thru. Oh, the sauce is his NOS. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. Hit the booster. Let's go. That's amazing. We should have done that. Uh, Sean, I guess, wins the race, though they both crash, so nobody's a winner here. And they both get arrested. We are at the police office. We find out Clay and Cindy, they got wealthy families. I mean, he's driving a 03 Dodge Viper, right? I mean, they got money. So they're escaping any real punishment. And Sean, because he's been in a lot of trouble before, and he comes from a poor background, he is sent to Japan to live with his father, who is a U.S. Navy officer stationed in Tokyo, to avoid uh, juvenile detention or jail, right? That's what happens here, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's Uh, the reason for him going over to Tokyo. It's like, you either have to go to to jail here or detention, because he's 17, or, hey, we'll just send you overseas. (laughs) Like, who's paying for that? It's a great Great question. I mean, they don't have a lot of money, is what we're led to believe. So yeah, his, da- his dad can't maybe the car. The car's up destroyed. The- yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Car's destroyed. Yeah. So anyway, that's a great. Yeah, I mean, it is very, very lightly insinuated that the mom, at, at the very least, flirted with <laughs> yes. the the cop. If not, who knows what happened in that room? You know, like. Uh, but it is kind of inferred. Yes, that I, that's was- that's true. Asking for the cigarette and. So forth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, hilarious little part. Is it illegal to smoke in here? Immediately over the guy's <laughs> shoulder is a no smoking sign. <laughs> and the guy, and he lights it's it up fine. for him. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, I gotcha. Yeah, I that's got not you. the well, only then, rule we're going to be breaking yeah, in here. I think you're right, JD. So, so are you saying the 
in a weird way, the cop pays for him to go to Tokyo. I mean, I'm I'm just saying that okay. there's there's in, inner workings that we are not privy to, and neither is Sean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, he's sent to Tokyo, and that's how we get Tokyo Drift. Um, His father, (laughs) this is just a weird little part. (laughs) His father fails to pick him up from the airport due to a time zone mix-up. Now, we just got done watching the Olympics in Tokyo. (laughs) Mad confusing. (laughs) Hold on, it's Friday here, but it's Saturday there. Okay, yeah, yes, but it's the 7th everywhere, right? true. If you're arriving on the 7th, yeah. You're arriving on the 7th. Yeah, that's so. a good point. It's a good point. Uh, I, so what was the reason for that? I mean, just to show him arriving in a, in a foreign country by himself, I guess, to get a little s- montage of him getting there. Because, like, his dad doesn't seem like an ass, really. Right. Like, he's, he's obviously like, not in his life, so that's rough. But he's not, like, a dick. Well, yeah, I mean, he he gives he gives Sean a lot of rules. I'll say that, but the rules he gives them are basically don't drive a car. Don't mm-hmm. even go near a car. Anything else is fine. You can take it from me because I forgot to pick you up from the airport because I've got a hooker over. I thought that was a pretty weird like okay, you missed him at the airport. Fair enough. I don't think you necessarily have to have a sex worker at his house leaving. That was right. a, a strange yeah, addition to the entire that. thing to me. Because, like, yeah, maybe if they continue along that path, they're like, okay, we're going to make his dad a big-time scumbag. Right. right. That's not the case at all. He's just like a dad. He's just a dad that's there who is kind of there to set Sean in line from time to time. And the only line is, don't drive a car, ever. Right. right. And, yeah. hey, if you could stop uh, peeling back the curtain and looking at the old woman eating noodles on the other <laughs> side of the glass, that'd be cool, too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Don't watch anyone eat noodles. Though <laughs> no, she didn't seem to mind. She was yeah, quite sure. happy that uh, someone new was there. Uh, so, yeah, we, he's there now. And he's yeah. got these rules in place. And he's got this, obviously, weird relationship with his, with his father, who hasn't been in his life for a long time. But now he's in Tokyo. We go to school. Gotta go to school. And there he befriends Twinkie. This is Bow Wow, uh, a military brat who very quickly introduces him to the world of drift racing in Japan. These guys hit it off, JD. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) Best buds immediately. And he takes them, Twinkie does, takes Sean to an underground car show uh, in Twinkie's 2005 Volkswagen Turan. Turan? Turan. Which yeah, is sure. like sure. the Hulk. It's the Hulk, right? It's the Hulk. It's the straight up Hulk. Uh, they, you know, I think it's like a, a bit of a garage opening. You see the green coming through. There's like a foot kicking through the, the rear gate or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's what that was. I was so I supposed so to be like the Hulk, that. like bursting his way yeah, out of the car. Yeah. Um, yeah. Laura says to me as they're unveiling it, what is that? Like a Hulk car? Yep, that's just straight up the Incredible Hulk made into a car, but we never see it driven. That was a bummer to me. We never see it driven, but the man's got a nice Hulk car. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. It does look nice, but uh, when it it comes out, when you see it and you can sort of see through the window into the interior, it's got all this fur everywhere, and I was just like, no. I'm out. You're out. I like the car, but the the interior of it is just shag everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, it it stinks in there. There's no way it does not stink in there. Just That's just a good point. You know, cars just hold stink, and uh, especially if there's a uh, carpet and whatever, and it was all over the place. But mm. yeah, you're right, uh, Trey. I I kind of just didn't realize that 
the next scene we see them driving a different car, right? Like, do, do we? How do they get? Do they to roll the... up in the Hulk car? I think if they, they roll do. up in the Hulk oh, car. That's okay. maybe the only driving scene. We definitely yeah. never see. Uh, what do you say his name is? Twink, right? Is yeah. uh, Bow Wow's name in this? We never yeah. see him racing. No. Uh, but I guess they, I guess they are rolling through the first Tokyo race, uh, meeting the people, seeing the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're at this, um, parking garage, I, I guess is where we're at. And mm-hmm. this is where Sean has his first confrontation with Takashi, who is known as the Drift King, uh, DK for DK. short. Yeah. And, you know, of course, Sean can't help himself, man. He, he's talking to uh, Neela, who is Takashi's girlfriend, we learn, and who is also one of his classmates. I know I sort of glossed over that. There was the, uh, the first uh, meeting between the two, the eye contact in class, uh, where he goes in for the first time. And mm-hmm. I guess the big payoff of that scene is uh, he's wearing his shoes and... Come on, put, put, your sl- put your slippers on. Exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they have an immediate, immediate connection. And I got to say, Neela, by far the most attractive uh, um, female lead we've had in any of these three movies. By a mile. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful woman. So I can see why Sean was instantly attracted to her. Uh, so yeah, they get into it, though. Because Takashi's like, what are you doing? They're like, that's my girl. So what happens? Well, you guessed it. Uh, gotta have a race. <laughs> Better race about it. <laughs> gotta have a race. You're talking to my girl? We're racing. That's how it goes. And this part's strange to me. Sean doesn't know anybody. He knows Twink. That's it. And he's going to race him. Doesn't have a car. You would think Twink would like, hey, ride the Hulk. Give the Hulk a go. Sure. Yeah. But no. Instead, he gets a, a 2001 Nissan from a racer named Han. This guy that, you know is buds with Takashi and he throws him his keys. Like, yeah, you can use mine. Have at it. (laughs) Uh, It's like, okay. (laughs) And sure. And of course, Sean loses his first race with Takashi due to his unfamiliarity with drifting. I mean, he is so bad at it. I was like cringing during the race. I'm like, Ooh, ah, like he is (laughs) like, I'm not saying I'd be good at it, but like this guy sucks at it. Like every turn he's like, taking out something, ramming it into the wall. But Han, JD is just like, yeah, just sitting there. He's like, fine oh. with it. He's totally fine. He's so, that's what we love about Han. He's so cool and chill. Oh. He's like, what? Well, yeah, it's just a car, man. I just got it. I just wanted to see your character. I see, see what you were made <laughs> of and it's worth it. It's worth $80,000 to me to find out uh, that you can't drive at all, sir. You cannot drive. <laughs> Uh, but also, you owe me a car, which is uh, a, a Fast and Furious trope. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not. It's not a Fast and Furious uh, movie at this point. If somebody doesn't owe somebody else a car, so yeah, uh, so yeah, and that gets him in the world of of uh, Han and uh, the uh, the his underground dealings. Yes, right. Takashi, I I should have pointed out ties to the Yakuza. So he's a, you know, he's a, he's a mob mm. guy, or he's yeah. a low-level mob guy. He's got family that's higher up there, and that's where like he's got all his power and his money from. Sean should have pointed out right away, TK. Uh, guys, I'm at a huge disadvantage here. I don't even drive on this side of the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's so he- confident. You know, ask any racer, any real racer. It doesn't matter if you're driving on the left side of the car or the right side That's of the car. That's bullshit. I don't believe that. <laughs> That's got to matter, especially in a sport where they're literally, like, turning and drifting. And yeah, stuff. 100%. You would think that Han would want to do a little bit of 
background research before yeah. giving up the Mona Lisa of drift cars. It's so bad that Sean, you know, Twink comes over to him. He's like, all right, you're going to be drifting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> drifting? Yeah. What's drifting? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to drive through an entire parking garage, spinning around the ramps, smashing into stuff. You're racing a guy who's into the Yakuza. He's known as the Drift King. <laughs> You're driving his number two man's most expensive car. Let's go. Let's go, Sean. The yeah. confidence, the balls on this uh, this kid. No, what? He's yep. not a kid. He's not 17. That's a that's this a man's man. confidence right there. This kid's 30 at least. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Young, dumb, and full of cum. We call it. You know? <laughs> so that's a great scene, though, Trey. When uh, I th- this is what I love about this movie. There's some ridiculous things, but they always sort of turn to bow out to explain what's going on. It's like, mm. what's drifting? He's in the car and he's like, well, he, he gives a very technical explanation of yep. what he needs to do. And uh, he finally he's like, uh, what? And he's, you know, what? just have fun with it. It reminded me <laughs> of the uh, the scene in Austin Powers where uh, Austin is like talking to Basil Exposition and he, they're talking about time travel. And, and he goes, OK, hold on. If I go back in time, if I go back to 1991, blah, 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 blah. Oh, no, I've gone cross-eyed. And then yeah. uh, Basil says to him, you know what? Don't think about it too much. And he looks directly in the camera and says, and you shouldn't think too much about this yeah. either. And that's exactly what that was. It was just like, this is technical. <laughs> it's hard. And Sean's about to get his ass handed to him. Audience, strap in because you're in for a good time. And that's right. it. Like, that's what it felt like to me. But I yeah. like that they acknowledged it. At least a cursory attempt to to describe how to drift. Yeah. The other thing is, later on in the movie, Han's like, hey, man, there's no wax on, wax off for drifting. You just have to do it. Uh, which you know is true. I mean, uh, I've I've watched multiple documentaries of try, and I still don't understand it. And I understand a clutch and I understand a handbrake, but I do not understand how they they can do it. And it's it's amazing. It's one of the w- w- again another great thing about this movie is just watching these guys drift oh, is amazing. It's yeah, incredible. Really cool. Yeah, you're you're watching it going like, or I was at least like. Is this CGI? Like, are they? Can yeah. they actually do this stuff with these cars? And it's like, you know, the answer is yes. Uh, somehow, it is incredible. Like that, the shot where, I guess it's DK, like, is coming up the ramp right at the top, mm-hmm. and there's like an inch on each side. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, like just, spinning it, a full 360 yeah. down the ramp is really cool. I also think it's like very smart to have the spectators going like floor to floor since they're going through a parking garage right so you're like we got to see the top we got to see the middle of the race we got to see the bottom of the race i think that's a fun way to do it it looks awesome and it's such a great contrast seeing dk do these amazing tricks whereas sean is just smashing into literally every obstacle he possibly could and you're like wow this is probably what it would be like if you tried to drift for the first time that being said, I gotta say the spectators are too close regardless. Oh, yeah. Like, God, back like even DK is very good, but we're talking like people are centimeters yeah. from the track that they're racing on, and you can trust the Drift King. I would imagine you can trust Han. We don't really see him drifting too often, but he seems like he's legit. If there was a first-time drifter, yeah, that's like a no. clear the course sort of violation to me. <laughs> yeah. We don't want anybody here. Stick to the elevators, people. Uh, it, I, I thought we were gonna have a Tour de France incident. Somebody with a sign, like, I love the, dr- the Drift King, and the arm gets taken off. Everybody crashes. Uh, yeah. Also, I, I want to make sure I have this right, because, Trey, you said it like uh, you love the levels, the elevator, and, like, see the race sort of unfold that way with the spectators going um, 
down, you said, but I actually think they're going up. This is interesting to me. Uh, yeah, they it, are going they're, up. Dr- wow. they're, this race goes up, yes. but the, cla- the, 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 um, the, the race at the end of the movie that we'll eventually get to, we race down a mountain. Yes. Up a parking garage, down a mountain. Huh. Damn. Yeah, yeah that, right? That's crazy to me, actually. <laughs> How are you maintaining that speed going up a ramp? That's literally unbelievable to yeah. me. Other, everything else totally makes sense physics-wise. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, but that, wow, that's actually crazy to me. Uh, what an introduction to drifting. And I think it's such a great introduction to Han, too, because you see him there. You know he's an associate of the Drift King. You know they're somehow in league together. But here he is giving a car, his most valuable car you would have to imagine, to some guy he's just met just to see him take on the Drift King. Like, what are Han's motivations in that scene? Because it almost sets up DK to be the Vin Diesel character, the Dom, right? He's wearing a black tank top. This is the first race between the two. Sean finishes his cars destroyed, just like Brian's was at the first race in the very first Fast and Furious movie. So you're thinking... Which of these guys is going to be our buddy? Who's going to mm-hmm. be friends yeah. to Sean? Who's going to actually be the Dom here? It could have easily went DK, but as we see, it's going to be Han. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. Um, Han, by the way, when did Ocean's Eleven come out? It must have came out before this before, movie. It was, yeah. it was like 2000, 2001, right? They saw Brad Pitt, right? And how cool he was in Ocean's Eleven. Yep. Always eating. Always mm-hmm. eating. They're like, hey, let's do that with Han. I'm like convinced, 100%. And it works. It works. They're like, he's just as cool. And he's always like munching on an apple or some nuts or something. He's just, just always super cash. He's the real one in control. He's playing chess. Everybody else playing checkers. I don't know. I think they, I think they were inspired by Brad Pitt's character uh, in the original Ocean's Eleven. And yeah, again, that, yeah, go ahead. That's definitely possible. There was all. I also read about uh, the eating, and uh, there was a. I guess there's a movie called uh, um, Better Luck Tomorrow. Okay. Uh, directed by Justin Lin and. Same guy plays a character named Han, mm. uh, and it's sort of it's almost unofficially. Some people consider it part of canon and that in Han's backstory. Anyway, Han in that movie smokes a lot, and so there. One of the explanations that I read was that uh, he's eating all the time because he's trying to quit smoking. He doesn't want to be smoking, so he's eating all the time. I'm like, okay, that's a pretty. It's a bit of a stretch. I think it just looks cool. I think it's, it's well, exactly what you said. Well, isn't it more likely said. that maybe Justin was like, oh, it'd be cool if Han's smoking the entire time, and then some uh, executive producer was like, we can't have him smoke. I mean, this yeah, is sure. for sort of for kids here, yeah. and this is probably a bad luck. Okay, well, we'll have him eating all the time or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that's me. And b- eating is way more badass than than smoking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just, you, you always look cool eating on screen, I think. <laughs> Uh, especially, not, especially in like weird even the extreme. old woman slurping her noodles <laughs> yeah she was she was ballered <laughs> you always look cool eating on screen you can't deny it when he gets into the elevator it's just Han in the elevator right and I think he like at that point he has a bag of chips just one chip it looks cool yeah. you can't deny it it's very much Brad Pitt I feel yeah. 100% totally, the reason yeah. JD I like building the backstory of it of the guys <laughs> trying to quit smoking and be a good influence for all these high school kids he apparently hangs out with yeah. just snack kids yeah <laughs> say no to drugs say yes to snacks <laughs> so so to uh repay his debt for the car he destroyed sean agrees to work for han uh and this leads to the duo becoming fast friends here <laughs> just like our show uh han agrees to teach sean how to drift and he explains i guess that he's helping sean um because he's the only person to stand up to takashi 
that, that's, that's the strange part of this whole thing. And we learn, of course, that Sean, excuse me, um, Han, Sean and Han too. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, that Han <laughs> is stealing from Takashi. You know, he's cooking the books. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would he want it? Like, it, it, it's a weird reason to even bring Sean into his world. Unless he had this plan, like, I'm going to make this kid such a great racer <laughs> that one day he will defeat the, the DK and that he will be then forced to leave the, the country or city. It's like, yeah. it's just strange. Like, if you are actually stealing from your best friend, someone with ties to the mob, it's a weird move to then, like, bring more attention to yourself, to bring mm. on the enemy, a guy that you already know your buddy hates. Just strange decision by Han, right? <laughs> Yeah, but you know, uh, Sean called the Drift King Justin Timberlake twice at the first race. And that's how Han knew. Take the Mona Lisa. We got to take this guy down. Maybe he must have just known the uh, the clock was ticking. Like, eventually, I'm going to get found out here. I know we've been close, me and DK, but the guy's got ties to the Yakuza. We got to figure out a way to get him out of here. I need mm. another drifter. So maybe yeah. maybe he's just going through cars time and time again. Somebody new shows up to the parking or yeah, to the parking structure and he's like, you know, take my Matisse. Oh, uh, so he's just like Take tr- my Michelangelo. <laughs> Go ahead and give it a shot. Oh, you raced that one, crashed it. Well, all right, I'm bringing the Mona Lisa next week. Hopefully somebody good shows up. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also funny too. With drifting, I don't think... I mean, confidence, yes, probably has to play a part. But I also think, like, sort of cool, calm. Yeah. You know, it, you're, you're drifting, you're sliding. It's like this, this fine, like, touch. And what we've seen from Sean, or what Han has seen from him, to me, is like this sort of... Like a hothead, sort of. Like a... Well, I don't know if he's a hothead, but he's, like, obviously a gun-ho type of kid. And, like, you know, pedal to the metal. He's the American mm-hmm. sort of cowboy vibe. Uh, it's like... What, what did he see in him is the confusing part to me. Except uh, that he was like, well, he's not afraid of Takashi, I guess. So th- yep. that's a start. JD, yeah. am I missing something? I, I agree. What, it, what did Obi-Wan see in Luke Skywalker? Yeah. What did, yeah. uh, you know, uh, <laughs> what, what about Harry Potter? What did Voldemort <laughs> see in Harry Potter? I mean, I don't know. Like, right? uh, true, you just, uh, they're just, <laughs> just something. You know, there's just something there. It's just uh, let's let's give him a lightsaber. Let's give him a car. Let's see what he does with it. You know, I mean, I think that's what it basically boils down to is just I see something in this kid and uh, I'm going to give him a shot. And you know what he saw? He saw a kid again, kid air quotes <laughs> that needed a father figure in his life. Oh, I can be that to Sean. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So Sean goes and does he move in with Han? I was really confused about this part. Is he like breaking all the rules that dad says? Like he's not even staying in that little, uh, that little bedroom now anymore. And he's just living at the garage or is he just there all the time? He's there all the time. But then he just finally, there is this scene where the dad comes home and the, the, the bedding is nicely, neatly folded up and then cut to Sean showing up in the hangar with his bag Okay, yeah. And then so he Han says, there. get this guy a, a cell, or what is it? What, oh, a, a those capsules. little pods. Yeah, yeah, get him yeah. a, get him a oh, bunk Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. Okay, so he's definitely yeah. staying so he there. moves in with him, yeah. Right. And he gets to practicing, obviously working on cars, but practicing uh, in a 2006 Mitsubishi Evo, um, and gains the respect, especially of Han and a lot of people, after defeating DK's right-hand man, Morimoto, mm. who has the... One of my favorite scenes in this movie when he freaks out after losing. Just <laughs> yeah, like goes so crazy oh, yeah. in his car. <laughs> he's so angry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's, he's built him up enough to take down a pretty, I assume, a pretty good racer in Morimoto there. Who's like, uh, like second in command over there. He's got to be good at uh, drifting, Trey. Yeah, the junior boss. Basically, yeah. I don't know uh, where he ranks in comparison to Han at we got the Drift King, obviously, at number one. Yep. Number two and three, you're probably battling out between those two. Morimoto, apparently. He's a high schooler as well because he was in a fight with Bow Wow oh, yeah. at high school. Rocking the mullet, rocking the pink tank top with the star suspenders. Incredible look <laughs> by Morimoto. Uh, but that was, I think that's Sean's way of paying back his car, right? That's always another Fast and Furious trope. Not only do you owe a car, how are you going to get the car? Here we get the montage of the drifting and finally learning how to drift. And then, you know, he takes down Morimoto. We're thinking this guy's building up his skills, getting his car. There's some weird stuff here, though, because very soon afterwards, there's a heart to heart between Sean and Han. And Sean asks Han why he races. And Han just says, what's the point of a race? I don't get this, man. Like, I love Han as a character. Later on, he basically explains, like, I drift for chicks. But you're in the drifting world, man. Like, you know why people are racing out here. Surely at some point in time, Han was actually racing because he has a massive garage. Right. Mm -hmm. He's got so much NOS that he put NOS on a motorcycle. Yes. (laughs) But he doesn't care about winning. He just wants to see other people succeed. Just likes to put other people on, maybe. I don't know what it is. Han, you never really know his motivations out there. Which side is he Mm. working? Uh, And I love that. That's why he's such a great character. But some weird stuff to be like, racing, winning. (laughs) (laughs) What? I mean, Vin Diesel is basically like, it does not matter anything about racing. All that matters is winning. By the time we get the third one, it's all about drifting. It's all about aesthetics. Yeah, but that's the thing about Han. It's just... He is the quintessential big dick energy. You know what I mean? It's like, I already know I've got the largest cock in the room. I do not have to prove it to anybody. Like, you guys have your little races and 
and uh, play your little games. Uh, I'm gonna go sit on my nos chopper and and uh, you know and hang out and and have my hangar with uh, various rooms full of beautiful women everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if I'm gonna race, it's gonna be for something extremely important. That's what he says. Yep. And uh, respect, Han. Respect. Yeah. Oh, Han is cool. Han cool. is damn cool. Uh, what did you think of the building up Sean out there on the uh, couple of tracks that they're on? I guess they're, are they, do I have it right? They're doing a little work on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing some work at like, uh, like down by the dock, right? Um, <laughs> with the fishermen. With yep. the fishermen, yeah. Uh, judging them for sure. Uh, they're smoking, by the way. Yeah. The one guy is. So I guess point. there is some smoking. <laughs> Hans, like, Hans like, hold on. I would do anything for that <laughs> cigarette, man. Get you a snack, buddy. You want some chips? My buddy's got hot sauce in his car if you're hungry. I think those, uh, I think the fishermen they said are like legendary actual drift racers. Oh, really? Uh, those guys oh, who are cool. sitting there fishing. What yeah. A cameo. Oh. Okay. I didn't know. Yeah, that. I haven't gone deep enough yet, but I like, I want to watch drift racing highlights. Like, if it's actually as cool as it is in the movie. It's got to be incredible to watch oh. people who know what they're doing. For oh, sure, oh. for sure. Um, so yeah, we, but this is this is sort of the montage here, JD, where he's like, uh, yeah, he's just uh, he's teaching Sean how to how to you know race, how to drift. That's exactly right. It's Yoda with Luke in the swamps yep. of Dagobah, just uh, again, again. I like I love <laughs> yeah. that when he drifts past him, wiping out in the car, hundred yards away, again. You can't hear it. You can't. There's no way he can hear you. That happens all the time in these movies. I know. I I said that in the last movie. It's like there's cars revving, there's music playing, but people uh, 500 yards away can hear a conversation two guys are having somehow. The most ridiculous example in this movie is the start of the race because it's like uh, there's the swish pan over to girl. Are you ready? Other girl. Get set. Guys, and the guy who says go is... Behind the cars. Like, he's yeah, behind the cars. <laughs> Go. Like, I'm looking in their rear view mirror. Like, oh, I can't figure it out. Let's go. I mean, it looks badass as hell, but yeah. uh, there's no way those guys are hearing <laughs> Go. They're just waiting. Whoever's going to go first. Like, all right, let's go. Uh, so, yes. Um, Sean has had some success here, and then he decides, hey, I'm on a roll. I just beat Morimoto. I'm going to ask Neela out on a date. And then he lear- we learn a little bit from Neela here that after her mother died, she moved in with Takashi's grandmother, which resulted in their relationship. That's how these two are sort of a, a, a thing, an item, I guess. But a pissed off Takashi, he beats Sean up the next day, kicks his ass, telling mm-hmm. him, stay away from Neela, stay away from my girl. But then Neela's like, screw this temper boy, uh, leaves Takashi, and just moves in with yeah. uh, Sean and Han. Again, I'm sort of flying through it here. So if you, is there anything you wanted to add to that, this whole dating sequence and the fight and then her leaving? She decides really quickly, like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go hang out with these guys. These guys are way cooler. Have you seen Han? <laughs> guy's hung like a horse, first off. He's always got food. He's got all these pods like in my own room. I love it here. Uh, yeah, but anything to add, uh, JD, to this no. uh, little run here? No? Okay. Well, you get the sense that she wasn't really happy with uh, no, no. Takashi uh, from the beginning. But, uh, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back, probably, the uh, the beating up of Sean. Yeah. But, you know, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Takes a, takes a pretty good uh, pretty good beating there, I would say. Takashi oh, yeah. lays, it, uh, lays it down on Sean, TK. 
Yeah. Uh, Takashi, he was very upset. And you could tell he was uh, in a depressive state because he had a tiny little bit of stubble. They gave him a little <laughs> bit of a mustache for this one to know that he's been really going through it. I love the romantic drifting down the mountain. You know, they're like oh. having a conversation. Uh, what are they saying? When you're drifting, everything else disappears. No past, no future. Oh my No God. problems. And then they cut to like, apparently they're in a group of people, 10 cars just like swinging back and forth yeah. down the mountain. It looks like they're dancing. Beautiful stuff. I wrote in my notes, Sex drifting. <laughs> totally. Sex That's what's drifting. going on in those mountains, those two in that car. You're right. It's like the music and like uh it looks cool, like when they got like the chopper shots of them going down the mountain with the lights and stuff. But yeah, the dialogue of them falling in love <laughs> yeah, totally. while they're drifting down the mountain. That's it's sex it's like uh it's like any dance movie, you know, like Saturday Night Fever or Breaking yeah. Two Electric Boogaloo. There's always that sort of you know, that ethereal Oh, you know, oh, the better thing. comparison is uh, the greatest movie ever made, um, Rad, where mm. they basically, they dance on bikes right? at the high school. I mean, they're literally on BMX bikes dancing with each other yeah. uh, to show me an angel. That's beautiful. And that's sort of what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so she has left Takashi, like I said, and she's moved in. She's on this team now. She's joined up with uh, Han and Sean. Now we learn... That Han has been stealing from Takashi. And how do mm. we learn this? Well, Takashi's uncle, Kamata, I believe it is, he's uh, the head of the Yakuza. He shows up and, like, in, in five seconds, looks at the books and is like, you Han's idiot. stealing from you. Yeah, you idiot. <laughs> Dummy. Um, now, I wonder if there's a play here. Did Han, like, tip him off somehow? Mm. I don't know. It's like, I'm, maybe we're giving Han a little too much credit at this point. But I'm still, we're still confused with his whole motives of this whole thing. Anyway, he's, he's pissed off with his, his nephew, Takashi. He's like, what are you doing? You're blowing it. And he's like, you know, don't worry. I'll take care of it. Of course, you know how we're going to take care of it. Oh, you know oh, yeah. how we're deciding oh, yeah. this one. We're having another race. Because <laughs> Takashi and Morimoto, they confront Han, Sean, and Neela about the thefts. Um, I guess actually we're going to decide it just with violence at first. I should yeah, say that yeah. because we're all at the garage there at that hangar, and they're they're gonna, you know, I don't know, are they gonna kill them or just beat the hell out of them? I don't know what their their plan is. Takashi and and Morimoto. That's what I assume, right? I mean, Takashi. He yeah, he pulls a gun yeah. on Han. Eventually, was he gonna pull it? Hard to say. Uh, I don't know yeah. if he had completely got up the nerve for it, but very soon after. Uh, Tink lowers the garage door. Twink. Basically, yeah. Uh, yeah. Twink, sorry, we're not watching Peter Pan. <laughs> Twink lowers Aren't the garage door. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, that's what the dancing was like. The fairies coming down. Um, but smashes it, and then we're off. Then we're yeah. off and drifting through the city with a lot of unnecessary drifting, I would say. Like, there are, <laughs> oh, there are some straight oh, paths they could take here. Yes, but it's yeah. like, nah, we're weaving through every <laughs> single one of these cars, which I appreciate. Well, actually, I have a question about that, and I know we're not gearheads here. It's a technical question. If you have these tires, these drifting tires on your car, is it, is it almost impossible to drive it normal? Do you know what I mean? Like, you almost have to, like, uh, a great to point. drift? Yeah. I, I guess we don't I, know. Who I actually knows? don't know if they make specific 
drifting tires, although they Are must. You sure? I, I know for sure that they go through them fast. Like, yeah, right. That like, uh, they they actually allude to that the in the training when yeah. uh, Twink is like, uh, this is the third set you've gone through this afternoon, which I think is actually pretty realistic. Probably. Like, they go You're fast. Thinking. Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm probably wrong in thinking if you uh, have your car to the specifics of a drift racing car, you can still drive it like a normal That's car. Right. Probably. Yeah, you can it's dr- probably right. But Trey's right. They're like, nope, we're not doing that. Yeah. In and out between cars, in and out between cars, because we got a race here. Yeah. Twink, he caused this, uh, the distraction, I guess, by hitting the button. It drops the garage door on uh, Takashi's car or Morimoto's car, one of their cars. And it sort of like squeezes it there. And then everybody flees. So Han's in his own vehicle, right? And then we got Sean and Neela together mm-hmm. in theirs. And they're pursued by these two guys, Takashi and Morimoto. And during this chase, a lot happens during the chase. It's pretty cool. It looks awesome. It's mm-hmm. you know, through the streets of Tokyo. Uh, Morimoto, he's killed in a crash. Boom. Yep. Done. See ya. And so Takashi's left chasing this trio here. Han allows Sean to overtake him in order to hold off Takashi. But then the chase ends when Sean and Neela crash. But moments after escaping Takashi, Han's car gets T-boned, car explodes, and Han is dead. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Guys? R.I.P. Han. He is dead. Yeah. Right? He's he's gone for good, baby. Wow. A lot, a lot happened. More crashes, like violent crashes, JD. Yeah. And uh, yeah. like I said, a death with Morimoto. Sean and Neela somehow survive. Um, but then, yeah, for, you know, we just see Han just get straight up T-bone, and then boom, it lights on fire, and it explodes. He's dead, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Ask you again. Trey, Han, is he <laughs> Dead. Come on, let's get to it. So what's going on here? Because I've already seen the spoilers, unfortunately, doing research. Like, what? Like, Han's coming back? Han's alive? What, what, just, what, you know, don't go into great detail, Trey, but we know that he eventually shows up again. So how? Uh, a little thing called time travel, Skeets. <laughs> you might think this movie takes place in 2006, but oh no, this movie takes place in... I don't know, 2011, maybe? I think, so? I think it's 2013. 2013? Okay. I think so, yeah. Oh, my God. Hence the whole watching it in a different order type yeah. of thing Exactly here. right. Um, oh so, you know, Han's car flips over several times and explodes. Yes. But we never see the body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta see that body. I mean... Fair, but then when he shows up, he better have third-degree burns all over his body. That's all I care about. Then I'm fine. You're right. We never saw him die, but we saw him get burned alive. I mean, sure, he's still alive, but... um, Okay. Well, I have a feeling that's not going to be the case. Especially, you don't take an actor as uh, handsome as Han. What's Han's real name? I know uh, I should have had it in front of me. I don't have it. Um, But then you don't put third-degree burns on a man that handsome, I'm assuming. No. 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 Okay. Um, so yeah, I, you know, you think he's dead. I actually screamed. I screamed when Han's car blew up. I was like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, no. it's not dissimilar to, uh, end race of the fast and the furious when they make it through the train. You think that the, the race is over. I think that this is a little quicker than that. There seems to be more of a gap from train to Dom getting smashed by the semi truck. Yeah. But this is kind of the same, right? You're like, Oh, cool. Sean and Neela are getting away. They did it. 
And then next thing you know, your hero is getting rolled yeah. uh, from an <laughs> unexpected T-bone. Got to keep your head on a swivel when you're racing. I mean, like... It might seem like it's over, but you're still in the middle of a huge, very busy city. So theoretically, something else could be happening out there. It's not just you, though it did look pretty cool when it was just, I think, Sean and Neela drifting through the corner and like the people back out of the way for them to pull the drift turn. That was an amazing shot. But uh, yeah, no one ever really dies in the Fast and Furious franchise. Oh, except wow. for Morimoto, maybe Morimoto, I believe. Is yeah, dead. tough, and, tough uh, one. Who died in the first one again? Which one, which one of the guys died? Uh, Jesse. Jesse. Yeah. Jesse died. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple other deaths too, but you're right. It's uh, pretty rare to, uh, <laughs> to 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 R.I.P. in this franchise. I guess he'll be coming back. He'll be coming back. Um, but yeah, it was still shocking. I I, I couldn't believe it. Like, really, it really. You're right, Trey. Like the first one, the race. The race just begins when the race ends, really. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's right. When, that's when the stuff that uh, tragedy really sets in, when the race is over. But it's not over. It's just starting. Um, crazy. Crazy scene. JD, uh, thoughts on the whole, this entire yeah. race scene? I mean, uh, the, the race scene was great. I love the motivation of, uh, t- it's Takashi, right? T- yep. T- Takashi, yeah. Uh, I like the way, okay, so You've glossed over that it's Sonny Chiba that shows up as playing the Yakuza boss, his uh, right. uh, legendary um, performer. He was he's he was in Yakuza movies uh, back in the day, like in the '60s and '70s. Uh, so it adds this sort of gravitas, and uh, you know it's alluded to at the beginning of the movie. Uh, this guy's not really Yakuza; he's just pretending. It's right. His uncle is Yakuza, and then he shows up in his like white suit and his and uh, you know. Uh, he looks awesome, and it, there's a certain gravitas about him, and the fact that it's Sonny Chiba is just like, okay, this guy's legit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, Takashi, 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 you can call him so, DK. DK. DK is, he's brought down a notch, A, because Sonny Chiba shows up, and then the betrayal. So he, when he shows up at Han's hangar, He's just all rage. Like, it's just yeah. like he got no plan. It's just like he holds a gun on his best friend saying, you betrayed me, man. Like, well, what are you doing to me? You, you can get me killed. Yeah. And so that that to me was a, a good enough reason to start this chase through the streets of Tokyo. And, uh, you know, that money shot of, of drifting through... Uh, I, I don't know what that uh, square is called, but I've seen it before. It's famous. It's yeah. like there's just a sea of people and it just parts, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, like Moses for yeah. the drift to King Moses coming through. And uh, yeah, and I was, again, as you say, Skeets, completely shocked by uh, by Han's death. So, yeah, it was great. It was good. It was I'm with you. Change. I I love the change uh, in the Drift King from when his uncle, the head of the Yakuza, shows up. Because, you know, I think that DK is a good villain through the first two-thirds of this movie. Like, he mm-hmm. has a great... He's got a great looking under his brow look and kind of oh, like yeah. turning his head back and forth. Like, he's definitely got a little bit of menace to him. You know he's in with the Yakuza. 
But then once you see him like unraveling, you're like, okay, he's actually scary now. He's not just making threatening looks because he's very good at driving. It's like this guy's life is a little bit on the line. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he's run afoul of his family, which is one of the biggest sins in the Fast and Furious franchise. And you can definitely tell that he goes from like mean looks to being an actual menacing character. I think he's one of the better villains we see in the whole series. Wow. Great. Interesting. Well, Sean and Neela, they they flee after Han's car explodes uh, because, yeah, Takashi is still alive and he wants to kill them. They take the subway back to his father's house where, uh uh-oh, Takashi finds them. And that's where we get this armed standoff with Takashi with the gun pulled on Sean and then suddenly Sean's dad with the gun pulled on Takashi. And it's resolved by Neela agreeing to go back with Takashi, with DK. (laughs) That easy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, guns down. I'll just go back with them, and that's it's that part's a little strange. Like, that, hey man, I don't think your uh, uncle, who's the lead mob guy, is gonna be like, hey, everything's cool now. You got your girl back. Right. Uh, <laughs> quite yeah. the revenge yeah. you just uh, seeked out there. But you know, that's uh, that's where the weapons get uh, you know drawn down, and everybody goes their separate ways. Sean's father is rightfully pissed says we're sending you back to america this is crazy what's going on here now you got you're in the mob tie you got mob ties and stuff like this now and they want to kill you but (laughs) sean pleads with him to let him fix his own mess and his father agrees and makes amends with him acknowledging his own shortcomings with sean's upbringing yeah this was one hell of a stretch i thought jd i I disagree turn from sean's death i disagree i well, the one thing that I would like in this movie is more of the dad and more of that journey because it's established off the top. Like uh, the town that they're in, that Sean's in with his mom is the third town that they've been in. So they all they do is run away from they make a mess and then they run away. Yeah. Uh, and then they allude that that's exactly what his father d- did. He He makes messes and then he runs away. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we we go we go to Tokyo. We meet his dad for the first time. He's got a hooker with him. He's just this he's this American uh, doofus who is in the Navy or whatever. Uh, He hasn't bothered to embrace the Japanese culture. He's just using the, you know, the baubles around him. He's, you know, taking advantage of the of of where he is not really learning from the culture. Uh, And then. His his very first instinct when he finds out that he's been driving is to send him away. Send send you go back to where you're going back to jail or whatever. But now uh, they show up at his house and for the Fast and Furious family's everything. So no matter what's happened up to this point, Dad's there. He's there with a gun defending his son, True. and that kind of that's kind of beautiful to me. Okay, I love it. Okay. And then he's like, hey, you got to get out of here, man, because you're mixed up with, uh, you're in trouble. And he's like, no, 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 no. I got to stay. I got to fix my problem. It ends here. I'm making a stand and whatever, whatever I'm going to do to clean up the mess. To be honest, I'm not sure what the mess is anymore because Han yeah, was the one that was making, <laughs> that was, do, uh, you know, crossing the yakuza he's dead so sean is just peripheral i don't know why twink and everybody is freaking out it's just like okay han's dead so i guess we'll go back to school on monday and, you know <laughs> <Right>. like uh, <laughs> like what did the next people in the pecking order if the yakuza is still pissed off like 
why isn't it like uh, Han's like mechanics and stuff like that? Right. <laughs> like, why aren't they in more trouble? Yeah. Because they were uh, sort of like under his umbrella, helping take the money. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, right. it's it's strange. But Sean's got the plan, TK, <laughs> and Twink's gonna help him out. He's got a bunch of money, sold mm-hmm. all his products. Yep, uh, some big clocks. Yeah, right. <laughs> sold some giant clock necklaces. Some Jordans. <laughs> made enough Ron to pay back the hands on. Yeah. He's uh this guy's a hustler, man. He's he's got money. Puts it in a weird spot. Behind yeah, right. the I don't know, was it a speaker in the in that yep. car? Yeah. yeah. And he popped I it. I guess up. nobody's looking there. Here's the big bag of money. And so Sean's plan is to go to Kamada, mm-hmm. the, 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 the the mob guy, mm-hmm. and you know, give him the money back. So give him Hans, you know, Hans' money, which he's been stealing, and then proposes a race against Takashi with the loser, of course, having to leave Tokyo. And Kamada agrees. <laughs> to, yeah. He's like, why? Yeah, why? <laughs> it's I guess more why not, though, right? Like, uh, <laughs> it's okay, like, hey, let's sure. go see a race. <laughs> I got my money back. Uh, I really don't care about you or, you know, I, I, the one thing I do care about is my nephew saving face, maybe. Right. Like uh, okay. getting okay. some respect and honor back. So, yeah, we'll agree to this. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I don't I think it's as simple as that. You know, mm-hmm. it's a Fast and Furious movie and it, it's got to end in a race. So let's let's do this. Sure. I guess, got it. You know? Got to end in a race. Um, and so. Uh, yeah, Kamada agrees to the challenge, but the condition is this has to play, take place on the mountain because it's it's revealed that's where DK has never been beaten. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, parking garages, we race up. Mountains, we race down. And he is the only one to really do it successfully. So that's where the race is going to happen. This scene where he goes to you know get into the nightclub there and, and get in front of Kamada. Did anybody else go, how the fuck can this guy speak perfect <laughs> Japanese? Where the hell did this come from? Well, he has been going to school for a few weeks, I guess. <laughs> a few weeks. I mean, it would things up. I was like, what the? Like, he says a couple. Now, now, I guess you could, like, say, well, he learned a couple lines. Yeah. And, uh, and practiced them. We saw quickly he took to drifting. So maybe he can uh, pick Quick up a learner. language quickly, too. Yeah, but we did see him using chopsticks earlier in the movie, and he was doing mm-hmm. it perfectly as well. Like, we got the no classic, like, oh, dumb American fumbling right. with, the, with the chopsticks. Mm-hmm. Like, nope, he had no yeah. problem at school eating with Yeah, and you also see him eating the food and going, yeah, it's not yeah, bad. Not bad. It's yeah, again, you would actually. think it would be a classic American, what, what is this, fish? fish at high school yeah. doesn't mean sushi what's sushi yeah I, and i think that's another sort of example of him embracing the culture where his father never bothered to do and he'd been there for years you know I what i mean so. i don't really get why you keep saying the father didn't embrace the culture the japanese way of life like, because he's wrenching on a american muscle car in his little oh, garage okay, <laughs> and uh, you know he's not uh, he's just still wearing his his uh, American uh, uh, Navy shirt and, you know, like he's just sort of projecting this. this, Maybe, maybe that's possible. Okay. Okay. Um, So, yeah, anyway, uh, Trey, what did you think of him? That the, him confronting obviously the the mob boss and saying let's let's do this and him speaking perfect Japanese. <laughs> Did you also go whoa? Okay, wow. Yeah, I guess that's a little bit surprising. There's it's kind of hard to figure out the time frame for how long Sean has yeah. been in totally. Tokyo at this point. Um, enough to learn drifting. I mean, we've seen several sessions of him training. Like, I mean, maybe he went to school for like two or three days. It doesn't feel like he's 
carrying a heavy course load, I would say. <laughs> not a, basically, the only time he goes to school is when there's a fight for someone. Something like yeah. he's got to show up for the fight. It's like, oh, you know, I got to fight at 1.30. I guess I got to go to school today. <laughs> Put down yeah. the wrench and go to school. But, you know, whatever. I like it. If it's going to be down a mountain, at least we saw the mountain earlier with the beautiful sex drifting. Yep. And when they're going down the mountain, I love... The flip phone streaming party. Oh my god! That all the spectators have. Yeah. <laughs> Why did they do that in this movie? That part was so silly. Uh, I think they did it because the it was the only way to incorporate the audience, like the the spectators. Do you know what I mean? Like, otherwise, yeah. it's ridiculous. Like, how are these people watching this race if not on some sort of video screen, some sort of networked? Uh, way of watching it. Otherwise, they're just standing at the bottom of the mountain going, I wonder who's going to come around that corner first. <laughs> I know. You know, Waiting like, for one curve. It's like going to a golf tournament. You're like, well, this is supposed to be the exciting hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a big turn here. We'll see what they do. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the unfortunate thing about uh, this being set in the future retconned into the future right like right. uh because now we're sort of stuck with these uh these these flip phones um you know where if they had just waited a year or two they would have had an actual iphone yep. or like a yeah it's a good point screen. they could have been uh some i don't know do we even still like do we even have the technology now to like hey everybody let's <laughs> all live on our phones and we're all going to somehow there'll be a live production being cut as we record basically it's a fair point as well okay. um, also DK the- sent out a stream yard link beforehand if you want to tune in to see the race <laughs> log in at 10.30pm it's true. It's possible, I guess. Um, the, the technology, very advanced in uh, Japan. Uh, also, the timeline of when they get the mob boss to agree to the race to when the race happens is confusing to me. Mm. Because Han's cars have been impounded. Sean doesn't have a car anymore because yeah. he's totaled every car he's ever driven. But then they restore <laughs> Sean's dad's 67 Ford Mustang fastback to drift uh uh, specific specification mm-hmm. using a bunch of parts from the previously wrecked cars like they got Mona the engine Lisa, going yeah. in how long does all this take I guess what I'm getting at because it feels like we're racing later that night on the mountain I mean realistically it would take months right like, I would think so you're taking a, a Nissan motor and putting it into a, a junked out whatever that was was that a Mustang, Mustang like I an think, American yeah. car I mean and that there's that's the metaphor right you're taking Japanese uh, technology and putting it in the muscle car and that's Sean man like he's he's embraced the culture he's he's become this on the outside he's you know this rough and full of rage pedal to the metal American but now he's a drifter at heart inside (laughs) inside he's got that handbrake and the Nissan and uh, yeah it's beautiful it's beautiful man the transformation it's like a butterfly uh, who's paying these mechanics to modify and build Sean's dad's car? Because Han's gone. Han's gone. Yeah. They've oh, still got guys- access to the garage. Nothing in it. But uh, apparently all of the cars are impounded. They left the tools, which is good. Right. Um, and also, you wouldn't necessarily expect this from a mob boss, but very kind of him uh, to give Sean the opportunity to completely fine tune a drifting car. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like he'd be like, yeah, sure. You guys can race down the mountain. Let's do it tonight. 
Right. Oh, oh uh, uh, about that. <laughs> yeah. The guy that's given me all of my cars. He's dead. He might be dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, his car got rolled over and exploded. We didn't see the body, but it's not good. They also took all of his cars. I have no way to get one. Yeah, but you're racing tonight or you have to leave. Mm. Mm. What if I did months of repairs yeah. beforehand? Mm. Uh, get an American muscle car. Throw an exotic engine in it. Then your nephew has to leave the city of Tokyo <laughs> if I beat him. And the boss is like, you make a good parent here. I like what you're selling me. Let's do it. A little bit far-fetched, yeah. but uh, like JD is saying, if you can figure out a way to get the Japanese engine into the American car, that's the heart and soul right there because mm. there's always this big... Um, dichotomy in the fast and furious franchise like are you american muscle yeah. or are you a sexy import kind of guy uh -huh. sean apparently is both because he was driving a muscle car against um against an exotic uh dodge viper early in the movie right so right. we know he's uh he's american muscle at heart but he's a drifter at his core yep mm -hmm. i guess so we're on the mountain uh, we got the crowds gathering to see the race. You guys talked about the weird uh, cell phone setup, the StreamYard link that everybody's recording this thing just so uh, everybody can watch it at the bottom of the mountain. Very strange. Uh, I found this race a little confusing, yeah. like what actually happens. So maybe you guys can talk me through it. But from what I can tell, Takashi takes the lead. Okay. But then Sean's training, of course. Allows him to catch up. Mm -hmm. Though... Determined to win, because he wants to win. Doesn't want to leave Tokyo. Got to save face. Takashi resorts, of course, to ramming Sean's car, as they always do, which you shouldn't, I'm convinced. Mm -hmm. But then, does he, does he miss him at a certain point? And then that makes him drive off the mountain cliff, where then Sean continues the switchbacks. And as he's going on to win, nearly, <laughs> somehow, Takashi's car nearly lands on him, and he avoids mm -hmm. that. That, is that what I'm supposed to believe happens in this uh, final race here on the mountain, J.D.? Uh, yes, I, I believe that is exactly what you're supposed to believe. Um, the, okay, so the okay. car falling, is it takes a long time for that car to fall. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, but that's the, this is the, this is the exact, you've pinpointed exactly what I love about this movie. It is the exact opposite. You win the race by applying the brakes. You drift mm. by pulling that handbrake. It's the exact opposite of the la the previous two movies, where it's just slam on the gas yep. and go. go. But this, there's a finesse. There's an art to it, and uh, it's not all about just the fastest and uh, the the most power. It's about how you apply the brakes. And uh, Sean applied the brakes and. Avoided getting crashed into, and uh, he won. He won because of that, which is beautiful. It's just awesome. I love it. I think, I, uh, yeah, I agree. Point. The way you say it perfectly, I just found it confusing the part where Takashi misses Sean, and Sean, right. you're saying, like, applying the brakes and drifting. I get, like, that part, it just looked confusing. I was like, yeah. what did he just do to make Takashi fly off the mountain? Like, I was, con I was a little just confused by it. Trey. Uh, yeah, you know, and there's puts it perfectly. Yeah. there's even like um, 
the the near crash earlier in the race before Takashi actually goes off the edge of the mountain, right? Like he's got Sean kind of buried and he's like pushing him and then yeah. Sean pulls some sort of pull the brake move, do a little rotate and, you know, spin back and suddenly you're back on the road again. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's when it really looked like, oh, Sean's going overboard this time. Uh, but Takashi at that point was just unhinged. He couldn't stop ramming. Uh, at that point, it's like, you're the only guy who's made it down the mountain. You almost pushed him off to the point where Sean now has to double back. You've got the advantage. Just go for the finish line, and Sean is out of here, buddy. But, you know, when you're hot-headed like the DK is, he couldn't resist a few extra rams. Here's a a controversial take. Takashi won. First one down the mountain. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been baller. Wow. Wow. Yeah, like, yeah, Sean goes up. Everybody's like, yeah, you won. And then, uh, yeah, like Kamado was be like, "You didn't win." He made it. Yeah, he's my uncle. My, my nephew's dead. He's, uh, but uh, no, I guess he's not dead, is he? Yeah, yeah, I don't think he died. That's crazy too. He like flies. He fell off a mountain. Yeah, he falls off a mountain. <laughs> he, fell, he fell off a mountain driving a car, but he's yeah, fine. yeah, he's fine. He um, just got to leave. That's even. That's unbelievable to me too. That he's like. Yeah, this uh, this American driver I've never seen before. He beat you. <laughs> Sorry, you're out of the country now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Least country, city, city, city yeah, city. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. So Sean recognized as the new drift king. We got him. We got Nilo. We got Twink. Um, others from the crew. They're enjoying themselves. They're mm-hmm. back in the uh, in the garage that they always hang out in. And lo and behold, who shows up? But none other than Dominic Toretto. Oh, I was <laughs> He's also back. loving this. I didn't know this was happening. I Me was actually, neither. I was exact. I was honestly pumped. Uh, and then, yeah, because there's the whole thing. Like Sean finds out, like somebody wants to race you. He's like, I'm not racing tonight, man. I, I've ruined enough cars. Okay, I'm just gonna <laughs> sit this one out. But then, oh no, this guy. Uh, he knew Han. Who knew Han? And then, yeah, of course, uh, we get the reveal. With the cars side by side. And uh, Dom says he knew Han and considered him as, oh yeah, you know it. Yeah, he did. Family, baby. (laughs) And so the film ends with uh, Sean and Dom starting the race, but we don't know who wins it. That's where we, uh, it's uh, the little cliffhanger there. Wow. You were were surprised, JD. Oh, 100%. I was was the Leo meme. <laughs> and uh, it, it surprised. I surprised myself. I was like so happy to see Dom. Like, yeah, b- because part of what I like about this movie was that Dom wasn't in it, and uh, Paul Walker wasn't in it. It was just this new thing, and we were in this new land, and it was it was cool. But when when he shows up, I was so happy to see him, and it's just like. Oh, am I? Do I have affection for these characters all of a sudden? Oh like I was just like, it was great. And uh, you know, obviously, uh, I'm sure you guys have heard the 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 legend of how that happened. But uh, it was kind of like a cutscene before there were cutscenes. It was before the credits. This thing happens, but it was mm-hmm. definitely this little tacked on thing that uh, Vin Diesel got all of the rights to Riddick. For doing this, uh, <laughs> this Amazing. one scene, um, this guy was devoted to Riddick. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
I think one of the move. I think Fast and Fur or Too Fast, Too Furious. We couldn't figure out if it was Triple X or Riddick uh, that he was going to film, but he was certainly doing Riddick at that point in time. Like you're saying, he negotiated to get the rights to Riddick here. This guy thought Riddick was going to be the Fast and the Furious for oh, it, totally. right? Like he's like, totally. I'm going to be a huge action star yeah. based on the character Riddick. No, man, you're a huge action star based on Dom Toretto. But if they bring him back any earlier in the movie, I think it would be a disappointment. Like you'd be like, where's he been the whole time? If he's going to be a a character in this movie, you would have liked to have have him get in early. Maybe he's, I don't know, he's he's supplying DK with his cars or something. And now that you beat DK, you got to beat this guy. Whatever way they would have brought him back would have been way worse than just having him show up at the end and get in a great line and get ready to race and get in another one last line about American muscle. Yeah, yeah I was stoked uh, when Dom shows up again, too. Oh, my God. I can't wait to learn, like, I guess we learn how he knows Han and, and how their connection. And I hope we learn why he's in Tokyo. And so uh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paolo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, so that's basically the movie. We went through it, you know, quickly, uh, scene by scene quickly. We're like an hour in plus. Um, (laughs) The Fast. Favorite scene, favorite car, favorite quote. I know we've sort of alluded to a lot of things we enjoyed in this movie, but if you had to pick one, JD, where would you go? Uh, I've mentioned it before when they drift through the... uh... Is it Shibuya Crossing? That that shot is incredible. Um, All of the drifting scenes, the sex drifting, because, I I mean, you go back and you wonder, I'm pretty sure that this movie was the first time I had ever heard of drifting. Oh, 100% for me. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was just not something I was familiar with. And, you know, and looking at it and it's going, oh, this is... So they're just skidding around. Uh, I just kind of didn't get it. But when watching the movie and, uh, you know, subsequently over the years, just uh, go, wow, this is this is really cool. And, uh, you know, my favorite thing about the movie, I think, is actually Justin Lin, the, the director, because uh, he this is the stamp that moving forward, this is how these movies look and feel. Right. Mm-hmm. Am, am I is that fair to say Trey like it's just it sets the tone for what's to come and I think 
he resuscitates the franchise. He resuscitates the even if it ended up being just a trilogy. The, like I said at the beginning, this is by far the best one of the three, and uh, you know, uh, it's it's just I can't believe how much I like this movie when I was just so dismissive about it, just based on. The Rotten Tomatoes, uh, yeah. you know... Uh, a lot of people hate this movie. <laughs> I, and I don't understand it. I do not understand that, but... Uh, okay. You know. Yeah. Um, Trey, favorite scene, car or quote, or quote, or all three? My favorite scene is the first race that we see in Tokyo when we learn what drifting is and what we learn and we kind of learn a little bit about who Han is which to me are kind of yep. like JD saying the drifting is the coolest thing in the movie just seeing the cars move like that is awesome uh, and Han going forward is going to be a beloved character in the Fast and Furious franchise so to me that's like you're learning two things right away that are kind of the two most important parts of the movie and I think Han is just like instantly so likable he's on yeah. my Mount Rushmore of uh, Fastiverse characters. You don't know if he's a good guy right away. You don't know if he's a bad guy in this scene. Mm -hmm. He's obviously tied up with the DK. Why is the guy always eating? Why is he unbothered by the Mona Lisa getting smashed up? And you just generally don't know, you know, a half hour into the movie, 20 minutes into the movie, whatever it is, who are the villains going to be here? Because it looks like DK's villainous. He's got the great stare down. Uh, and But he also, it feels like he could easily be the Dom Toretto here. And then Han, he seems chill, but he's in there with uh, tied up with the DK and the Yakuza. So I just think it's great. Uh, an introduction, you think, okay, we've seen a lot of races in Fast and Furious, but we haven't seen a race like this, and we haven't seen uh, a character like Han so far. You know, everybody else has kind of been pretty obvious whose side they're on uh, for the most part. I guess there's a little mystery in the first one where you're like, is it really Dom who's doing these hijackings of the truckers? But you kind of know it's going to be him the entire <laughs> time. Whereas with Han, you're never totally sure which side he's going to be on until yeah. pretty late in the movie. The first scene to me is great. And I don't know, you just kind of feel like it's going to go better than expected maybe for Sean. But mm. the guy's smashing in at every single turn, right? Like yeah. they could have easily been like, Oh, cool. Look, he nailed the first turn. No big deal. He's got a, got the hang of it. Look at he's a natural. No, he smashes into the first stanchion or whatever, the yeah. first pillar in the parking garage, and then he continues to do it every single turn. That's what it would be like. That first turn, uh, that first scene in Tokyo to me is amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I, I like it. I also loved, uh, I like the montage where he's learning to drift. I think yeah. it's uh, pretty funny. And uh, I love when he like gains the respect of the the fishermen that are smoking, and it's cool now to learn that those guys are like you know drift racing legends. I just found that part uh, really funny. I also loved the part where Han and Sean are driving, and they rip by cops. <laughs> and doesn't Han say, "Oh, uh, their their cars only go 180. They don't even try yeah. and catch you." I don't know why that made me a laugh. Factory tuned. Yeah. <laughs> give it a go and like sean's like wow that's pretty cool uh my favorite quote trey sort of already slipped it in there sean says you're like the justin timberlake of japan right <laughs> i was so confused but that's a diss why <laughs> I know, I yeah. like, it didn't make any sense like why is that a yeah. diss at like 2006 of all time like or i guess you're saying well you're guessing this, you're saying this actually later uh now it's really got me confused like was this after the super bowl like what's going on here i don't know but 
Yeah, it's just a weird line. And you say he says it basically twice. Why is DK yeah. like why is he, is he saying he's just a pretty boy? I I, <laughs> so I, I guess I doesn't yeah, make any sense. Yeah, that's a it's a weird diss to me as well. I guess yeah. I mean uh you know, early two thousands, Timberlake was on top of the world, so I guess he's saying Oh, I hear you're the most famous guy in all of Japan for sure. being great at drift driving. Is <laughs> cool. That's kind of a compliment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a really yeah. nice compliment, I would say. Oh, you're a great dancer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> you want to race? Yeah, so I love that. I also love, I think it, it's one of the first things he ever says to Sean, Bow Wow, uh, Twinkie. I noticed you didn't have a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed uh, that. At first, like, I was like, what? What a weird introduction. <laughs> but then it starts to like a little bit more sense when you're like, oh, he's trying to sell him one because uh, yeah. he's got all the gadgets. But it uh, made me laugh out loud. So those are uh, some of my favorite random lines. Anything else? Uh, favorite lines or, or cars, stuff like that? Uh, JD, I'll go to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, getting back to Bow Wow as uh, Twinkie, I thought he was great, and uh, I loved his role as the exposition. Like, even that, you know, we're walking through Han's, you know, place, and there's just women everywhere, hot women, and then, oh, here's Bow Wow. Oh, I know what you're thinking. What are all these hot women doing here? And he he actually goes, they kind of try to explain it. It's like... Oh, they're models, and they're you know they're they're not from here. So where do they go? They come here. Yeah, right. You know, it's still preposterous, but at at the but at least an effort was made. And he's such a charismatic guy, and and I'm buying it, right? And he's like, how do you you th- how do you think I get all these women? It's because I'm 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 a short guy, and uh, <laughs> but but I'm funny, and they love that. So uh, see you later. And he just goes off with all these women. Who wants some the- Snickers? Oh, yeah. That's another uh, product placement. Weird one. Super weird. Uh, I guess everybody's favorite car is um, is Bow Wow's uh, Hulkmobile there, right? 2005 Volkswagen. I like that. I also like, uh, what is it? A Mazda RX-7 Veil line? I think they call it Han's mm. Orange and Black yeah. car oh, yeah. that he's drifting through the streets of Tokyo during uh, during his crash scene. Yeah. I think that's a great one. As for favorite lines... Yep. Uh, early on, Sean says to, you said her name was Cindy, right? This was at the high school yep. race. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's not the ride. It's the rider. Oh, yeah. He says Ooh. that, like, really early in the movie. Really early in the <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah. That, was a, that was a good one. And I do love uh, when Dom shows up and, you know, him and Sean are talking before, these, before the race. Sean says to Dom, you know, this ain't no 10-second race. I got nothing but time. Oh yeah, yeah. These guys Great line. The guy pulls out a Time magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's uh but I was like, Dom man, you're in the movie for like two minutes and you get a classic line off. Yep. Yep. Okay, that's good. Good efficiency. Let's get to the furious part of the podcast. Things we hated. Dumbest scene whatever. Um JD, we'll start with you. What was your least favorite part of uh, a movie you really liked here in Tokyo Drift? Well, there are a couple of weird moments, like the very beginning of the movie, there's this, uh, the scene where this kid, this fat kid's getting bullied, right? Yes! Like, and getting spray painted on him. And we see Sean sort of poke poke his head around the corner, hey, what's going on? And then he just sort of ignores it and goes back, so... That was so weird. weird. Yeah, and never really paid off, except 
I was thinking after maybe that's why he comes to Bow Wow's defense on the roof when he's getting uh, beat up over the iPod, right? Okay. So maybe he okay. sort of like changed his ways a little bit, but just but when I But he's ser- friends with Twinkie. Like, right. I mean, we don't know if he's friends with this kid that's getting his chest spray painted. Exactly. It's and, it's just, and it's like shot, like it's because it's the intro, it's like that super slow mo. Yeah. That just, it's just weird that part yeah. yeah yeah so i don't know or maybe it just establishes him as a like a mercenary type uh you know like i'm only in whatever i'm doing it's to it's yeah. to help me and that's it um, mind my own so, business yeah so maybe so that part sort of was weird and then that character is pretty wooden i mean a lot he, he's he's panned that performance by uh what's his name uh lucas, lucas black black yeah. lucas like is is quite wooden and oh. uh it's like uh you know there's not much doesn't seem to be a lot of depth there but he's I, the worst I, part of this movie totally yes yeah. uh, like you do you kind of forget about him you know what i mean even mm, though he's yeah. the he's the uh the lead but you know maybe i'm overthinking this but maybe that's by design because he's just such a like when I describe my dog to people, like he's a brown dog. He is if you're playing a video game as a dog, he's the default dog, right? He's just a brown <laughs> dog. He doesn't have a specific breed. He's just a and then you start adding stuff to to him, right? To make him interesting. Right? That's my dog, and that is Sean in this movie. He's just like an empty shell. Like an avatar yeah. for us, we're Sean, right? Like, okay. so we're injecting our personality into into Sean, and we're living this experience through Sean. I mean, that's as charitable as I'm going to be about yeah. it. But uh, I, you know, I, I don't think it's his fault as the the actor's fault necessarily. But he's just not very well written or well thought out, and ultimately, it doesn't really matter. But uh, you know, okay. okay. What about you, Trey? What made you furious? Yeah, I'm with you, JD. Lucas Black is pretty bad. Just not much charisma. The man makes Paul Walker look like Marlon Brando. (laughs) (laughs) For being quite honest, like Paul Walker is not a great actor, but he is blowing (laughs) Lucas Black out of the water in this series. The worst scene for me, I thought the race with Morimoto was super underwhelming. You know, because this is, I think this is Sean's second race. He's basically going up against the junior boss here. And they've done this whole montage showing how he is learning to drift and how he's mastering the cars and he's getting in closer uh, with Han and the crew. And all we get from this ro- race with Morimoto is we see him finishing on the ramp. The, the end of the race, Morimoto freaks out in his car. Great reaction. Mm-hmm. And the celebration. Like, I would have actually liked to see some of that race to see what it was like, you know, because we've kind of been made out... We know that Sean's not ready to take on the Drift King yet, but Morimoto seems like he's going to be a solid driver and beating him would be a bit of a feather in the cap for Sean. And all we see is the very end of it. Maybe, maybe it's fine. You know, it probably is fine. We get, there's a lot of driving in this movie. So maybe saving it for the street scene. We don't necessarily need to see another one in a parking garage. Mm -hmm. But to me, it was kind of like, this should be a little bit bigger part of the movie, but they just kind of, it's almost just part of the montage, right? Like a glow up for Sean. Yeah, that's a, a great point. Uh, my least favorite part of the movie, <laughs> just because it was like a big why, was the was the cell phone footage and like we right. need to like uh, all be filming this. It's like no, you don't. We really don't. Especially like <laughs> as just the viewer of the movie, like it's okay. We you know 
We let a lot of things slide in these movies when it comes to like the reality. We don't need to pretend that the mob boss has to be watching this unfold because yeah. everybody's linked up all their old camera, all their old cell phones, and their crappy camera footage on their flip phones into some like weird channel where he's watching it and somebody's like cutting it on the fly. That part was just like, why? We don't need that. Anyway, a weird I will, part. Say, I will also say, in more defense of that, it was a cool way to get us up the mountain. Do you know what I mean? And show us the track as... Because Down that's, the mountain, yes. Well, yes. yeah, but we're, go, we're traveling. <laughs> I believe we were traveling up the mountain. I think so. For to get the, to, the to, to get yeah you're to right, get you're right. there right yeah. so and we could see that's the twists true. and turns like these weird little transitions and... into the cell phone camera yeah. yeah so it was an excuse to show off the track without actually you know having okay. an announcer saying welcome to the you know the mountain the mountain drift race the, you know we've got eighteen hairpin turns that you have to you know like it's just yeah that's true uh, so, yeah. okay me familia this is the part where uh, we turn to a question or an observation from one of our wives, usually, or somebody else in our family, uh, mm -hmm. you know, kids or other uh, family members watching with us. It could be from Laura, Nora, Rachel, uh, JD. We're, we're gonna give this one to you here, Tokyo mm -hmm. Drift. Uh, who watched it with you? Who had an observation? Where are you going? Yeah, well, as usual, I watched with Jackson. Jackson, and, yeah, your son. Uh, when, when Sean's mother shows up at the police station, he said, how are they not the same age? Wow. Right? How like, old's Jackson? He's 13. Yeah, he, he, even he's going. There's no way that guy's four years older than I am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, he, and he went further to say, why is this guy, his hair, I didn't get this, but he said his hair, the way he dresses, the way he moves is exactly like Paul Walker. Like, why wouldn't they just get somebody that was a little different? Like, why get a, a clone, essentially, of... Yeah. Uh, of of Paul Walker and I was like, that's it's a great it's a great point. It's a great point. So uh yeah, and it's and it is so ironic that Paul Walker was considered too old for this movie. That's why he's not in it apparently. He looks and then, <laughs> like Yeah, you could convince me he could look younger than Lucas Black in this movie. Yeah. It's almost more believable if, but it would be weird if he was just in high school all of a sudden. Well, know, yeah, like, <laughs> but yeah, but uh, but it's a fair point, and it's also like you know, Tom Holland, who would have been a child at the time, but Tom Holland playing Spider Man as a teenager, I believe that like mm -hmm. that would have been good if they had found somebody yeah. who at least looked and felt like a te teenager. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, it would have been a much more interesting movie. I mean, Bow Wow would seem like a teenager to me. I don't know how old he was when yeah, that was yeah. made. But, Closer. Uh, well, maybe not. But, but uh, he could have he easily been uh, the Sean character, right? Oh, like he, uh, easily, easily. He would slot into a high school student it looks wise more so than Sean would. And he was great, I thought, too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's like Sean, like Lucas Black playing him. He's like, you said it. He's not charismatic. He doesn't look the age. He, I don't know, like, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think he's all that handsome. Uh, but like, they're sort of going for the country boy look, which yeah, this guy plays a lot of in movies, I like guess. Yeah, that, but. I'll, I'll forgive him for that. I kind of like that he was had flawed teeth, you know. Yeah. And, you know, he's not, the, he's not a pretty boy like Paul Walker. Yeah, yeah, he does got those baby blues for sure. Uh, there's no doubt. But yeah, he's just, <laughs> he was very wooden, you're right. That's a yeah. great way to put his character in this movie. And now, is that because of him as an actor or just the, the role he was given and how they wanted him to play it? Um, uh -huh. 
Any other random observations or notes? Uh, we went over my favorite part, which was all the uh, um, product placements. Uh, the Tabasco <laughs> sauce, the Jordans, where LeBron can't even get his hands on these. The Snickers was thrown in there. Oh, uh, any Corona in this? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Not a, yeah, not a lot of really drinking or anything. Like uh, no. They're obviously partying a lot, but they're all just dancing around yeah. to music. <laughs> That's what they're always doing. Uh, anything else, though, Trey, that you wanted to add about this movie? My question would be is how old is the Drift King? Mm. It's impossible yeah. for me to figure out because early on, they're like, why are you dating a high school girl? A right. fair question. A fair right. question for the DK. The but answer is she's in my house. That, yeah, that's basically <laughs> the answer. Um, however... Uh, Morimoto, his number two, is apparently in high school. Yeah. yeah right? Because yeah. he gets in the fight uh, with Twink. We know that Sean's in high school. Mm-hmm. Doesn't feel like Han is in high school. He's never attending any classes no. there. Mm-hmm. He comes there to pick Sean up afterwards. So, I mean, like, is DK 19 years old? Like, is he, is he a recent graduate? Is he like, uh, I don't need my diploma. I'm going in with the family yeah. business. I'm going to be right. Yakuza. I don't need to be studying here. So that was kind of weird to me to figure out, like, how old are you, man? Yeah. How yeah. deep are you in this thing? And I, why? I, I think they're just a couple years older, for sure. Okay. And that they're done. Yeah. They're either, yeah, they're either dropouts because they're like, screw school, or they're graduated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> graduated, got a degree in yeah. gearheads. <laughs> and the other question to me is... How does Han have this massive rep in the street racing community if he never wants to race and doesn't care about yeah, winning? Yeah. Is it just because he's got the sickest cars? Maybe. Because he's got cars galore, man. He's just yeah. giving cars away this entire movie to the point where he has passed away. They've gotten rid of all of his cars. And he still somehow, beyond the grave, figures out a way for Sean to get a car. So I'm like, obviously he's got a rep. We don't know what his schemes are here because... There are a few times when DK gets kind of upset. He's like, when's the shipment coming in? And it's a little bit like the faceless truckers of the first movie yeah. where the shipment is just a shipment. Yep. Yeah. Stop asking questions about the shipment. It'll be here when it gets here. <laughs> What's in it? No idea. Why don't you race? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Han doesn't give us a lot of answers. And I think that that's uh, part of the reason he's so likable, right? Because yeah. you're like, he's not doing anything dumb. We don't really know what he's after here. He's mysterious. He's just being cool. Yeah. He's yeah, just being he's, cool and eating. Yep, he's very vague, and that is, uh, you know, a, a cool, a cool trait for especially him, and he pulls it off. The actor, absolutely. Uh, okay, so let's get to rating this. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. The critics said thirty-seven percent. I mean, they really did hate it. And again, I said it off the top: polarizing when it comes to fans. People either have come around to it and sort of love it, I think, because it's so unique uh, than a lot of the other movies in the franchise, so they have it high. Or people are like, "What? This is, you know, this is so out of left field." It's totally different than what's usually going on in these movies, and they have it very low. Um, where do you put it, JD? You love it. You have it very high. It sounds like. What's your, what's your score out of one to ten for Tokyo Drift? I'm giving it an eight. Okay. I this movie is in this world in this universe. This is the most like me. I think like I have a real fetish for Japanese culture and I've always wanted to go to Japan. I was happy to be in Japan for the two hours that we were there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, it did not have Dom. It did not have Brian. It did not have Letty. 
it had the antithesis of all that. It has Han, who is just the just the coolest of the cool characters. He's 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 Obi Wan. He's Yoda. He's uh, he's all of them. He's Han Solo. All mi- mi- like mixed up into one. Like he's just the coolest dude in a, in a movie I've seen in a long time. And uh, but whereas Dom is like it's all melodrama all the time. It's all about family. Did you didn't you hear me say it's all about family? And it'll just in your face like all the time and all of this and <laughs> this is the world that I've created. And Hans, Hans just eating Snickers and just yep. it's like hey chill out man. Why don't you borrow my car and you know if you wreck it you wreck it. Cool. And I love that. I love right. that about this movie. Uh, yeah. So I'm giving an an eight. I, this is going to rank very high once I, once we, once it's all said okay. and done. I think it's going to be up there. So the ranking right now is Tokyo Drift is number one. Yep. The Fast and the Furious is number two. Okay. And Too Fast, Too Furious number three. Okay. Trey, agree or disagree? I agree on a lot of it. I, I love Han. He is uh, one of the best characters in the whole universe for me. So good that... They can't even kill this guy. They gotta bring him back and keep giving him great lines because he's just like magnetic when he's on the screen. He's the yep. most watchable part of this movie by yep. far, followed closely by the drifting cars. Like, yep. that's the kind of change up they needed for this series, even though that that's not the, what it's gonna go on to be. But it's like a little bit of a palate cleanser, right? If you're watching him in the way, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, we've seen a lot of these fast races. Now we've kind of got a finesse one. Maybe they should have called this the Fast and the Finesse instead of Ooh. the Fast and Furious. I think DK is a solid villain. Like I said, he's scary to begin with because you don't know, because he seems like he's going to be the bad guy. He gets even scarier when you realize that he's in trouble as well and he's just fighting uh, to keep his position. The story's pretty small, like uh, The Fast and the Furious. I'm docking points for Lewis Black's performance. I like it better than Too Fast, Too Furious, but does not hold a candle to the first one for me. I'll give it a 7 to 10. I really like this movie. Okay, that's a pretty good score. Uh, yeah, you had 10, for, 10 out of 10 for the first one, and then uh, that fell off for a lot of us in the second one. Four. Yeah, I went two and a half for yeah. uh, FF2 there. It's, it's, it's brutal. This yeah. one, way better. I totally agree with you guys. The story is pretty limp. Uh, you know, it's, it's not amazing. And then there are some bad acting performances, mainly the lead, like we've gone over. Mm-hmm. So that, I got to take it down a couple. Looks cool as shit. I'm with you, JD. Always wanted to go to Japan. Han is by far the coolest character we've had so far in this series through three. So, man, you take him out of this movie, and I wonder if we feel the same. I yeah. think it goes down significantly. But he's there until he's not. He's dead. <laughs> he's not, though. Uh, so I'm Soap opera rules. Soap opera rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I'm high on this as well. Am I higher than my seven and a half score for the first movie? Mm. No. Wow. I'm, I'm agreeing with Trey. Okay. I think... I don't... Yeah, it's tough. I, uh, you know, we talked about it. I love the uh, chemistry, the weird chemistry between Dom and... Uh, Brian. Uh, Brian, thank you. Yes, uh, between uh, Vin Diesel there and uh, Paul Walker in the first one. So I'm going to go seven. I'm giving it a seven. I like it. It's high right now on my rankings. We've only done three, but we'll see where it uh, where it lands when we watch the rest of these things. All right, we all really enjoyed Tokyo Drift. I, I think it's going to be fascinating. I think we are going to get some people saying, "What this movie yeah. can't hold," you know. 
can't hold a Nas. You can't hold a Snickers bar <laughs> till the rest of these movies. I couldn't think of anything there. So let's set up the next one here, Trey. Fourth installment, 2009's oddly titled Fast and Furious. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what What do we need to know? I don't tell me there's a short involved in here again. Like. Is there? Oh, my God. Absolutely, Skeets. We've just made it through phase one of the Fastiverse. Okay. Fast one, two, and three. Basically, the origin stories uh, for Brian and Dom in the first one. You get a little Brian backstory. You get to meet Roman and Tej in Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, yeah? I guess Han is the main character that you're getting some background on here in Tokyo Drift. But the series really starts in Fast and Furious. That's when things start. Start becoming heist mode, and these oh, movies turn like into our movies. generation's right. James Bond. Mm. And that's honestly, to me, probably why the name of the fourth one is basically the exact same as the name of the first one. They just right. pulled a Justin Timberlake. Drop the the. It's cleaner. They're like, <laughs> we're starting over. The first one, you loved it. The Fast and the Furious. This one is just Fast and Furious because Vin and Paul are back. Yes. Not the only return in this movie, as you'll see pretty early on, Skeetsy. But, okay. you know, Dom has been off screen for quite some time after the events of The Fast and the Furious. Remember, they yep. have that post-credit scene. He's in Baja. It's apparently Mexico, not California. Mm-hmm. But we've got another sickos only short, Skeets. <laughs> Los Bandoleros. Oh, oh God. God. It's a 20-minute short. 20 minutes? Written and directed by Vin Diesel himself. Wow. Explains what Dom has been doing since Fast 1 and how he knows some of the people that we're going to meet here in Fast 4. Okay. This one is better than the supercharged prelude to Too Fast and Too Furious. Should we just do a, a, an entire podcast dedicated to this 20-minute short? Uh, no. Oh, We shouldn't do a full okay. podcast on it. I'll give you the cliff notes. The two most exciting things that happen in this to me, the two most notable things for the Fast universe, is that Dom drinks a beer that is not a Corona. Whoa. Whoa. Pretty weird. Even weirder... He wears a button-down shirt that has full sleeves on it. Wow! Okay, I was like, what's going on here, man? <laughs> I don't think I've ever short? seen in the short. Yeah, this happens oh. in the short. I don't think I've ever seen seen Vin Diesel wearing sleeves. Uh, wow. <laughs> but he's got like a collared white shirt on. I was like, man, who is this guy? Okay. He's drinking non-corona beers. He's wearing <laughs> sleeves. You know, things have changed heading into the fourth one. I would. I would say watch it. Okay. <laughs> I would say watch it. No, we're watching it. I mean, I we watched that other piece of shit going into Too Fast, Too yeah. Furious, whatever the heck. Yeah, happened. there's dialogue in this one. Oh, so that's good. A bit okay. of an improvement. Yeah, yeah. okay. No, we're watching I'm, it. I'm in it for the sleeves. That's it. That's what... <laughs> I can't wait to see those sleeves. Yeah. All right. Um, you know what? I'm excited to hear that this is where the, the heist movies start taking over. Because I'm all raced out. Yeah. It, it's like... Because at a certain point, you're like, what are you gonna? What's gonna be unique about any of these races, really? Either like the drag races that we saw in the first couple, or then now even now the drift racing here. It's like all right, I'm 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 raced out. I want some. Maybe it sounds like an actual plot. Like we gotta get something, or we're trying to steal something. 
I, yeah, I the guess. cars. The cars basically up until now they've been cars, right? And yeah. the only thing we need cars for is racing cars. Now they're becoming tools for the mm. Fast and Furious mm. crew. Okay. They're going to be using those cars for things. Okay, okay. Well, right. I'm excited. Uh, so, JD, have you ever? You haven't seen the short by the sounds of it. Have you seen uh, FF4 here? I don't believe I've seen uh, Fast Ampersand Furious. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, excited. Hope you guys are as well. We'll call it there. Another long edition of Fast Friends. They always are. Keep sending in your questions. Email them in. No dunks at theathletic.com. Put Fast Friends in the subject title there. It'll make it a little easier for us to get to them down the line. You can tweet at us at No Dunks Inc. That's I-N-C at the end. And you can leave a comment, of course, below this video on YouTube if you would like to. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave those reviews where you can. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. And yeah, guys, I can't wait. We're probably going to have a really long podcast for this next one if we got a 20-minute mm. short to discuss. Oh, yeah. And then the movie. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Guys, we'll see you next week on Fast Friends. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.